Turn with me in Luke chapter 2 today. Of course, that's the Christmas story, and I, I want to talk just, just a little bit. And uh, uh, I understand it's still snowing. It's supposed to get worse, but you know what? We'll get home, won't we? If you don't get home, you call me. I'll come pull you out of the ditch or something. Hey. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Let's look at the story, and I want to pick it up in verse 15 and 16 in Luke 2. If you will, read with me or follow with me. Speaking of the shepherds, they had been visited by the angels, and it said, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, meaning the shepherds, that they said one to another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Notice they didn't have any trouble understanding who this message was from. It was from angels, and they had been sent by heaven. Verse 16, And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Go over or further down to verse 25 with me, if you will. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and, his name, this, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the, the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, meaning a dedication. Verse 28, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the faces of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people, Israel. And Joseph and Mary, his mother, marveled at those things which were spoken of him, meaning the Christ. I always try to place ourselves in the human element in that particular, in wherever we're reading the scripture. I cannot imagine this young couple, all they've been through, and they take their child, Christ, to the old prophet, and God had already told them all about it. And he said, oh, you'll not die till you see him. Nobody had to introduce him who knew who he was. That's according to the scripture. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a special time we celebrate called Christmas. Amen? I think it's among the most special seasons of all the seasons. There's nothing else like Christmas. Nothing to it. Nothing. I, I love Christmas and Easter. That's my favorite two times of year. But I want to share something with you about the Christmas season. It can be a trying season. It can be a season of, fiction, of friction. Let me tell you, uh, there's a lot of demand in the Christmas season, isn't there? Okay, so all hundred of you are going to have to let me know you're here. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it can be a trying season like right now. I need you to say amen. Like, uh, thank you. <laughs> like, like long lines and masks greet us at intersections. Everybody can rob a bank today and get by with it. Everybody has a mask on. Uh, long lines and masks greet us at the checkout counters. 
Long lines and masks are lined up and inside the restaurant and every other table. Have you ever noticed there's masks laying everywhere now? You go to the grocery store, you're greeted with a long line and masks on everybody. Go to the post office. My goodness, I went the other day just to buy a roll of stamps, and there was probably, no, no exaggeration, probably 50-plus people in line at the post office with masks on. I haven't visited a gift-wrapping window because I have yet to buy one thing for Christmas. The weather, like today, it can usually, it can add as a blessing or an irritation. Uh, my wife today, we happen to like snow. She likes it. And all the way at home, all the way from the home to the church today, this is beautiful. I love it. Thank you, Lord, for the snow. It's so pretty in the trees and all that. And then we drove up on a young man who was in the bar ditch, and for him it wasn't pleasant. <laughs> we got him out. Thank the Lord. But let me tell you, there's another side. But, but before I say that, let me tell you this. This time of year can also be a fatiguing time of year. You can run out of gas, as it were. And, and my goodness, forgetfulness, remembering the Christmas list, have I bought for everybody, what did I get them last year, on and on and on. And let me tell you a particular frustration that I have so that you know that I'm human and you can pray for me that I get more sanctified. I get extremely frustrated when I get all the way to the door of Walmart or someplace and realize that I've left my mask five miles away in my car. Help me, Jesus. It's so frustrating to me. How many of you have ever forgotten your mask? Well, of course you have. <laughs> it just And here you are, you know, it's Christmas, all these lines, and you know all that's going to happen. You just, you just pray the Lord forgive you for your thoughts. Thank God there's another side. It's a beautiful side. It's a wonderful side. Christmas can be beautiful. Let me tell you, the older I get, the more I cherish the tremendous, important memories I had as a child at Christmas. And I remember as a child the hopes that I had. I just, I, it was almost a giddy, childish, wow, I can't wait to see what I get and dreaming about it. And ladies and gentlemen, I love the decorated streets. I love the beautiful trees, the windows the Christmas balls and the tinsel and the lights and all that. I love the music of Christmas like Isaac just gave us. The sharing of gifts, I, I remember it so well as a boy. And then as I gave to my sons, and now as we give to our grandchildren. Ladies and gentlemen, youth, if we are to enjoy the Christmas season in this year, 2020, if we are to spiritually allow it to enrich our lives, we must purposefully allow the Word of God to reestablish in our hearts and in our spirits the actual reason for the coming of this Christ child. This isn't just a holiday where somebody in love says, I love you, and buys a $4,000 diamond ring, so don't get your hopes up. I just <laughs> slid that in pretty good, didn't I? Um, it's, it's, it's far more than that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the most, this is one of, among the most powerful things on earth God has ever shown humanity. 
I read the other day from a minister, and I can't, I don't know who it was, but he said this, unless we see the cross overshadowing the cradle, we will have lost the real meaning of the Christmas birth. I want to remind you that Jesus came to the cradle so that he could get to the cross. I want to declare that I do not know all the reasons that Jesus or God and the, the communication between the Father and the Son and the Father with a need to pay for my sin and the Son offering himself to die for God in my stead. I don't understand why they picked this particular time in history. But I do know that for 4,000 years prior, he had been promised dozens and dozens and hundreds of times. I also know that about 400 years prior to the announcement of the angel, there had been no prophet, there had been no word from God, and the world was silent and in darkness and in sin. They were groping without answers. And then, for whatever reason, God suddenly began to stir heaven. He sent an angel to, to prepare a virgin's womb. And the Holy Spirit appeared to an old prophet by the name of Simeon that we read. And he said to him, your days are about here. Your time on earth, in a sense. He knew he wouldn't be here long. And he said, before you die, you will see the consolation of Israel. I just want to ask you something. Can you imagine, we, we look at Mary and Joseph and all the Christmas story, but here's an old gentleman who is obscure now. All of his friends are gone. He's outlived most of them. And God picks him out personally, privately, and he says, he says, you're going to see him. Can you imagine what that did in the heart of that old prophet? I guarantee you it put life in him like he probably hadn't had in a long time. And then he came, the world's greatest gift. I want to ask you the question and try to answer it a little bit quickly this morning. What was the world like when he came? If you can't make this application today for us at 2020, then I'll just try to help you best I can. The greatest gift that God ever gave came, first of all, during a time of great anxiety. Luke 2 and 1, we know that Mary was with child. This lady is a virgin. This lady is engaged to be married. And because of her pregnancy prior to the marriage, it was a tough, pressured time for a young couple in their early teens. I mean, here she is, a virgin, and yet she's pregnant, and here they are engaged in all that was in there. And then, ladies and gentlemen, if that's not enough for those families and those young teenagers, if that's not enough, all of a sudden there's a decree that the world should be taxed. The genuine truth is Christ was born in the midst of great anxiety. Caesar had levied attacks and all of a sudden, all across that nation and the world, what will be required? All of the anxiousness comes because of what is unknown. They had no idea what their future held within days and months, not 
question years. And let me say, anxiety is the order of our day during this Christmas time and even in this season in Christmas in America. There are, there are questions in our minds. Will I have enough? What about terrorism? What about war? What about this plague? What about new leadership in Washington? What is our future like? And let me tell you, the word survival and the concept of survival is on front page today in our society. Several years ago, I, or just a few years ago, I read a report of the American Psychoanalytic Association. Listen to how they described this. Quote, the pre-Christmas holiday is characterized by presence of diffuse anxiety. Numerous regressive phenomena, including marked feelings of helplessness, possessiveness, increased irritability. And you can say to your mate, see, I told you so. <laughs> increased irritability. Nostalgic and bitter rumination about holiday experiences of youth. Depressive effect. And a wish for a magical resolution of all problems. End quote. Ladies and gentlemen, that accurately describes a world without Christ. And into that kind of society, God sent his greatest gift. In that day, that's how it was. Can I say just like today? I want to share something with you. The soul of humanity hungers for the presence of God in their heart. The writer in Ecclesiastes, what was it, 3 and 11, says something like this. God has put eternity in the heart of humanity. Our world longs for God inside their life, but they try to answer all that emptiness with everything but Him. Thus we are miserable. Christian friend, we should not find ourselves trapped in all the complications of this season and 2020 generation coming to a close. If we keep the gift of God and the Christ and the personal Savior and our personal friend, if Christ is center of your life, anxiety should be minimal. Listen, I know there's pressure. I know there's demands. I understand all that. I get so frustrated. My wife just goes, I just want you to be quiet. Can you imagine her telling the man of God to be quiet? I just want you to be quiet. I, they can't hear you and I don't want to hear you. There's nothing we could, but I get frustrated. I wish they'd call me and ask me what to do. I would tell them. Pastor, you're arrogant. No, I just get so frustrated because nobody will say something and mean it anymore. And when we speak the truth, we won't believe it. We will deny it. Talk about frustration and anxiety. It, it, it's a frustrating time. But at the center of our life, is there's, if there's God, if there's this Christ, listen, just like he took over that present day when he came, he rules today in my heart. Amen. Secondly, God gave his greatest gift during a time of great confusion. On the road, imagine with me on the road to Bethlehem, these travelers 
to be taxed were traveling by hundreds and thousands. Every one of those people had their own story. There they were traveling in crude manner compared to us today with tremendous each understanding their own responsibility. How much do I take? How much are they going to require? Do I have enough? What's going to happen if I can't pay this tax? And on and on. That responsibility. I can tell you that probably knowing humanity, they were traveling and they shared conversation about, I hope this and I hope that. What's going to happen? What, what are we going to, how are they going to handle this? Will they throw us in prison? What will this new tax be? What will be required in the registration? Sort of reminds you of COVID-19. When we say we're going to have a vaccination and then, I don't know, there's people all over the internet telling us that don't take it, it's going to change your DNA. And we know the Antichrist is coming and all the things that roll through the minds and the hearts of people. Great confusion. Caesar had ordered the tax and it caused great confusion. And everyone that traveled with all the details, imagine this, not only all that anxiety and all the confusion, we, we're walking, we're traveling some many hundreds of miles with supplies, food, with, with clothing and all that it took to make that journey. Everyone was so busy with their own demand, they failed to see the needs of the others around them. It was a time when people looked out for themselves. It was a time when they were going, what about me? No one else seemed to matter. Not even a little 14, 15-year-old virgin girl who was expecting her first child. I believe the total confusion of that hour can be summarized when Scripture says there was no room for them in the inn. No room for them in the inn. Ladies and gentlemen, I feel there's very little room for the Lord today in the fabric of our society, in the heart of of millions, if not billions, on this planet. There is great confusion. confusion, And the reason we don't have the answers is because God is not front and center in this world. Again, I wonder how Mary felt when she was traveling. Here she is about to deliver with the, all the discomforts and they arrive somewhere near Bethlehem. Probably young teenagers scared to death. Probably thousands of things, so to speak, and questions going through their mind. Then, having to be placed in a stable. Knowing that her time was soon. Knowing what the angel had said. How were all these things going to work out? How in the world would she be able to handle all these things? I just want to ask you a question. What do you think that young lady, probably 14, 15 years of age, maybe 16, what do you think Mary would have given to have someone 
to come alongside of her and comfort her and tell her that they care and say, Mary, everything's going to be fine. The God who began this work in you will finish this work in you. Confusion, ladies and gentlemen, can bring with it its close companion called loneliness. And it's amazing how in this year we can be around dozens if not hundreds plus people and men and women and you young people can be lonely. Saints, will we during this confusion and during this pandemic and all this time of Christmas and New Year's, will we find time to find the lonely? Will we find time to those who are filled with questions because I believe we're going to see a spiritual hunger and a revival before the end. Third thing is this. God's greatest gift came to those who were expecting him. Here's the old prophet Simeon. Follow with me. He had known about the promise of God for 4,000 years. The promise of the Messiah, the Lamb that would come from the very foundations of the earth. This old prophet Simeon had been visited a few days before and the Holy Spirit said, God has sent his son. You will see the consolation of Israel to fulfill 4,000 years of prophecy. You'll see him before you die. This old prophet Simeon waited to see. But I want to share something with you. He also expected to see the child. And through the Spirit, ladies and gentlemen, we are allowed to see His Word, Simeon's expectation, Simeon's excitement, Simeon's emotions when he touched the Son of God. Talk about experiencing Mary, Joseph, shepherds, angels. Simeon, all of it. Imagine, imagine Mary placing the Son of God in your hands. Can I tell you that that's been the offer for all these years? God's trying to place His Son in your hands and in your heart. And this old man who had been faithful with great expectation, he said, now I see him. Well, church, this season will come and go. And it will mean very little to us if we are without expectant hearts to be visited by God's Son. Let me say, not just his story, not just his history, not just his birthday, not just the celebration, be, to be expectant to be visited by him. Simeon heard about him. Simeon had read about him in the old prophets and sages. He had heard the rumors of a bright star and angelic host and shepherds and Bethlehem and a babe. But on the eighth day after Christ was born, Joseph and Mary walked in to the sanctuary. No one had to tell Simeon who that baby was. The Holy Spirit spoke to him. This is he who is the Savior. 
This is he who will be the light to the Gentiles. We read it. This is he who is the lamb that will be slain to fulfill 4,000 years of my promise that I would redeem humanity. Expecting him. Listen, Simeon blessed him and he turned around and blessed Joseph and Mary. To those who were expecting him, they caused, they, they received great rejoicing. This child represented peace. He represented life. He represented salvation. He represented purity, eternity with God, faith, and promises fulfilled. And to those who expected him, he was the sum of all living. I declare to you today, in this sanctuary, and in this streaming, Jesus Christ is the sum of all living. If you're living without Him, you're not living, you're existing. If you don't know this Christ, and I'm not talking about religiously, I'm not talking about buying a book and read about Him. I'm not even talking about even knowing all the Word. I'm talking about knowing Christ Himself. Our world is in a great turmoil. And it's all because they won't believe that He's divine, but believe you me, He is. 2020, generation. My message today is simply this. In a very uncertain time, amidst all the anxiety, in the midst of all the confusion, it was all present at the time He came the first time. It's probably all going to be here when He comes the second time. And ladies and gentlemen, he said he's coming after those who are longing and loving for his appearing. In the midst of all this confusion, in the midst of all this turmoil, I want you to put the expectancy of heart just like it was in the time of his first coming. It's going to be that way in his second coming. And we have a great propensity of seeing the Christ in our day. You say, Pastor, I've heard him say that for years. Never been like it is today. Never been like it is today. I just want to say, expectancy, a full heart during this season of the first time he came will be also a heart that receives him when he comes the second time. Don't waste this season. If you have never given your heart to the Christ, today's the day. Now is the accepted time. Pray this with me. Father, I need a Savior. I've heard about this Christ. I've heard about the Bible. I believe in God. But Lord, I realize that I couldn't pay the price of my sin. I realize that this perfect Son came in a supernatural way, living, Lord, a holy, sinless life. Not just one man dying for another, but God, the only begotten Son, in purity and holiness without spot or wrinkle without blemish Lord lived so that that spotless lamb would die for my darkness for my sin Lord for all the wrongs that I have done and I thank you for sending him I receive him as my savior Father forgive me of my sin wash me by thy pure blood of that Christ I will serve you as Lord And I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer with me today, 
and you're on live streaming, please go to our website and follow me by saying, that's me. I want to hear from you. I thank you for your attention to us today. Will you stand with me in the congregation? I just believe somebody prayed the prayer of salvation today on this live streaming. I hope we're going to hear from them. Amen. I want you to purposely go to a snow-covered highway today. And I know we'll go to our homes. But I want us to make sure that we are living in an expectation of the Christ. I want to say it like this. If we've ever been holy, let's be holy. If we've ever anticipated being happy, let us anticipate being happy. Because I think we're about to see the return of Christ. Amen. Wouldn't it be neat to be Simeon? And you think I'm just about, my time has come. And the Holy Spirit come to you and say, you'll not go until you see the Christ. It just might be that the Lord might speak to us and say, you'll not go until you see the Christ. How many of you are ready for Him to come? I am.